We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Lightyears. Samus Fandiari here, sitting in for Andy Lou. I got my guy, Aaron Larsoul. The Warriors beat the Houston Rockets 116-101. I feel like we got to start where the story is. Number 11, Clay Thompson. Yep. 12 threes, 42 points. Just absolute heater and... I have a lot of thoughts on clay and like, it's very hard for me to dive into this without going full, like nostalgia and like feelings and all that sort of stuff. But like at this point, can we, can we be honest? One, he's back Two, outside of Kevin Durant, who is an alien and maybe one of the five most talented basketball players of all time. It's hard to think of a player who's had an Achilles injury, and let's forget about the knee, who's come back as well as Clay Thompson has. Like last year was a little up and down. He had his games, but it wasn't necessarily the Clay of pass. But like the last three months, I mean, he looks like Clay. And I think that's something that should be celebrated and talked about a little bit. Yeah. And didn't, I mean, was it, I think it was January, right? January was the highest scoring month of his career. So, Correct. And now, now I think it's the last two back-to-backs he's played both legs. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so I think you do see him turning a corner. I'm uh, kind of officially. There still is the occasional like shot hunting and the what are you doing off the bounce stuff. But um, hey, that was I think Clay's back. That was like, their pre-injury. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but that's I think Clay is like I think Clay's back. Like officially, Clay is back. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah. And we can go into it since Christmas going into tonight. I mean, he's been averaging about 25 points per game um, on his normal efficiency, which is very efficient, you know, 42, 43% on like ridiculous volume from three. Um, And for me, it's just, I didn't think he could get back to this level. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I was happy with the level he was at last year. I thought that was, realistically what he was going to be post two injuries post 30 months out um and (laughs) the best way to describe clay is like he's just a motherfucker like he (laughs) yes he did not want to accept 
that that was the case. And he kept working at it and got very frustrated when the Charles Barkleys of the world were like, oh, he's, he's washed. It's over, you know? Um, and it's, it's just, you know, look, man, he's part of a four championship core. Uh, we'll see how it plays out before he retires. But, like, you don't get to that level of play without having a certain level of, like, fuck you in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also the, I think the other important like piece in this is we talk about, um, or we think about, you know, and we kind of make fun of him, you know, like clay, all he likes to do is hoop, like shoot the ball, like knock down IG models, play with his dog and smoke weed. Like he doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a whole lot of interests. I mean, not a bad life by the (laughs) end gone on the boat, not a bad life. Right. But I think that is helped him in this case you know, like whether the ups and downs and he's kind of just like, I mean, he takes basketball very seriously, but that kind of like surfer guy mentality, you know, the Southern California surfer kind of laid back, you know, quiet, just kind of keep to myself and just hoop thing. I think that has helped him like kind of weather this. And you can, you saw it on his face today is, you know, they called the last time out as he was kind of getting the crowd into it and the special relationship he has with dub nation. Um, but I think an underrated part of his ability to come back psychologically is that like he this he needs to hoop. I mean, he wants to hoop and it's his favorite thing in the world. But like he's kind of just, you know, whatever I do what I do. And so there's going to be moments. But he's always had that confidence in uh, even when some of us haven't. He's always had the confidence in shooting the ball. So I was always confident that the jumper would come back. But. Uh, he has been significantly better in all of the other things um, yeah, than I anticipated. Much more I quickly, think, I guess. And I think that's the big part. It's like, is Clay going to forget how to shoot? Of course not, dude. He's like one of the greatest of all time at that. But to be able to hunt your shot and get shots up at the volume he does in an NBA game, like, I don't know. When he tore his Achilles, my gut instinct was he's probably going to transition to being a role player. Right. He's going to be that guy who, you know, gets 10 to 15 points a game and he'll have his occasional five, three point game. But it's a lot of like nine and eight point per game floor spacer. Right. So, yeah, I thought he was going. I was I thought he would his offensively. My my supposition was Clay was going to be like 70 percent Clay Mm -hmm. because I thought he would be like 85 percent clay on offense and you know whatever 55 percent play even it out to get to seven yeah 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 um and that's been sort of right although he's figured out ways to still be effective defensively he's a completely different defensive player and he's not anywhere near as good he's Um, he's he's not he's not the sticking on the point guard like point of attack guy his his strength um and, and you know size decent size has allowed him to be still an effective defensive player um but that i mean like he just like that laser he's got on his right arm like that 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 thing still works and he has found a way to not get as frustrated and this is what i was talking about earlier um with his mentality he's found a way not to get as frustrated as he was when he was first coming back with the shot not falling and figuring out that he can still be a uh, he can still be useful so he's 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 learning again not to hunt in the same ways he was but it's like it's special to see, especially when you, you know, like the moments he has with the crowd and, and he, he's able to reclaim that, you know, whatever, 2014, 15, 16, 18 clay. 19 even. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And I feel like it ties to kind of like, look, the Warriors are 30 and 30 now. Nice win against a terrible team. They're awful. Um, Doesn't change all the issues the Warriors have. Doesn't change the fact that they need Steph Curry back. They need Andrew Wiggins back. Um, They need GP2 back. They need a bunch of stuff to go their way. But for the night, it's nice to, you know, just kind of experience that moment with a player who's undoubtedly a franchise legend. Um, And it ties to, if you want to be honest, nothing about this team signifies that they're going to make a run, you know? Injuries, inconsistency, inability to guard anyone without fouling has been kind of their theme all year. But their core, they are world champions. They are guys Mm -hmm. who have proven that they can do it against anyone at the highest level for a decade. So, like, if you're sitting here as a fan, your belief is truly tied to the fact that Look, man, you can tell me Devin Booker is a better player than Clay Thompson, and I might even buy it. But when chips are on the floor, I- I'm going to ride with the guy who I've seen win rings yes. over. And that's kind of where you are with the Warriors. Like we can we can microanalyze everything. We're going to get into the young guys. We're going to talk about Patrick Baldwin, Kuminga, all that sort of stuff. But I feel like if you, if you're being honest with yourself, where we're at with this team is mostly this belief that they can dig into a level that they quite frankly haven't all year uh, yeah. because they've done it before. Yeah. And like there, I've seen some people making comparisons to last year, right? And the Warriors went on the run. They were pretty mm-hmm. mediocre for much of the year, but at the beginning of the year, I think the Warriors were 18 started 18 and two. So you saw there was that gear. Were, at least they you knew started, that top end was there. Just to we be clear, seen they, they started 18 and two and they actually were 28 and six when Draymond got hurt. So th- that's, Almost 50, that's 40% of your way through the season, 34 games in. Uh, and then they were dealing with injuries the rest of the way, and they played garbage. But like we yes. knew we had, we had a substantial enough sample size to know that there was a team here. So, and that just hasn't been there this year. No, I agree with you though. The, the Warriors are, and for different reasons, but the reason you mentioned, but it's different normally because normally it's the like puncher's chance thing with you know, team X hasn't played well but they have one guy that just terrifies you or two guys that terrify you they have have something that's like you nobody wants to see that yeah so that's not i mean the warriors do have that right steph is the boogeyman but that's not what it is with the warriors and look i don't think denver wants denver wants no part of the warriors if that's one eight memphis i don't think i don't think memphis they'll they'll talk they'll talk it up but they're they're praying that it they get the pelicans so but the thing with (laughs) the thing with the warriors and the playoffs again we have no evidence but this year, we have no evidence with this team. There's the evidence in the past, but we have no evidence this year. And so some of it's faith. And like I, I've said this a bunch. I don't know if I've said it on your show, but maybe that they, they're like the team version of LeBron. Like for years, you can predict LeBron's downfall, right? Sure. Like eventually he's not going to be that guy anymore. But every time you predict that, you're wrong so far. And every time you think the Warriors are done, right? They don't have that. You're wrong. So yeah. I'm going to wait until after somebody beats them to say they can't do it anymore. I'm going to wait till after LeBron it's is officially. Worth, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, to your point. They have not lost a series with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond green healthy on the floor yeah. since 2000. 
16 and well i will debate that i will debate the health of that one but you get my point but even even put health even if but draymond missed a game every series that those three guys have started and finished every game the warriors have won yeah that's it that's 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 literally what you it's like you hang your hat on it's like look i have a large amount of evidence which suggests this is not a contender but I also have this thing which tells me, look, man, if if they're going to get knocked off, I just have a hard time imagining it's the Memphis fucking Grizzlies. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. not trying to be a dick about it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, until I see someone run through them, I can't in good faith be like, it's over, you know? Uh, yeah, and I, I think also... For the Warriors, maybe more than most, I think matchups are going to be a, a big thing in the playoffs. Um, mm. Which is which is why, like Denver, sure, <laughs> like okay, yeah, go go play drop coverage with Thomas Bryant and and Jokic for forty eight minutes a night, and try that against Poole and Steph and Clay, right? Mm. So, I, I think the I think the matchups will matter a lot for the Warriors, but I mean, like the team that we've seen the last well the last two nights specifically, like. I'm not all that confident they're going to make it. If they do make it, I feel pretty good about their chances. But I don't feel I'm not all that confident the Warriors are going to make well, it. Well, well, a big part of that is going to be if they're healthy. Steph Curry, sure. we talked sure. about it on yesterday's show, and everyone's seen it. He's getting reevaluated next Wednesday. It sounds like he's going to be back shortly after that. We don't know if that's Thursday against the Clippers or maybe it's Sunday against the Lakers. Yeah, you know? I mean Fitz is fits but on the broadcast he said um they they alluded to they thought he was going to be back within a week to 10 days like shortly after the reevaluation uh he's already been ramping up apparently they play they play a back-to-back next thursday friday so i in my head i've always thought you know he's not going to sit the first he's not gonna play the first half of the back-to-back against the clippers but the second half against the pelicans a team that they're dealing with play and seeding Plus, like in general, you're not going to have a guy come back from injury and play two legs of back to back. That's what I was thinking. But like, you know, you know how it goes. The Warriors could be three days after that. The point yeah, is, I mean, the Warriors, the Warriors are very, uh, are, are very cautious. Um, with, and, and, with, and, you know, given last year, I can't really complain about the way the medical staffs handled it because it's worked. But like yeah. to your point, yes, um, they're conservative. We it'll be somewhere in that first ish week of of March and that's positive. Um, but they still have to go on a run after that. Like, you know, we can get excited about Clay's night tonight and beating Houston. They are still, and I'm pulling the standings up right now, 30 and 30. Currently they are tied for the eight, nine seed. And technically the Pelicans at the tiebreaker because the Warriors sat their starters, both the games that played against the Pelicans, um, Minnesota, 31 and 31. So like, you know, still 500 record. It's like, it's not like they're far off from there, but they are a game and a half out of getting out of the play in. Yeah. And well, that's why the Pelicans one, you, you were talking about the Clippers and Pels back to back, but that's why that one, that's the one, you know, if Steph's only going to play one of them, that's the one, right? Because yeah. particularly know, like, with no Zion, that has to be a W. Well, but also for, at home. for tiebreaker, yeah. you know, for tiebreaker purposes, right? So all the, all these games against, Minnesota and the Lakers and the Pelicans and like all the kind of the bunch. Um, I don't know if the Warriors play Portland again, but all like this team's kind of they in play that Portland bunch. next week and OKC, right? Um, they play like, just just to be clear. They only have two games against the East the rest of the way. 
So they're playing everyone in the West like at least once and a lot of teams twice. They're playing Portland on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not quite positive. So so some of those, I mean, when it can when it relates to tiebreaker, those can you can think of those as like three game swings, right? Because yeah. Yeah. You have the one, you know, you get the win and whoever you beat, you right beat there the with Pelicans you. and they lose, you've you've two games right there. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. And then if it and if that has something to do with the tiebreaker, that's kind of an extra game. So those those are huge swing games. Yeah, for sure. It's um it's an interesting swing. They're so if they get Steph back next Friday, uh he'll have missed 10 games and they'll have 19 games with him healthy. Got to assume he sits one of those. So 18 games. We'll call it 17 or 18 games with Steph Curry. Is that enough time to make a run to dethrone Dallas or Phoenix and get out of the plan? It's getting very, it's getting very tight. You know, like you have no margin. Yeah. You, you, at some point, you're you're hoping one of those teams also has some bad luck. Be it, you know, you know, it's like someone rolls an ankle and misses five games type of situation. I mean, the um, issue is the issue is, and this has been the case in the West now for a couple months. And there's kind of a, it's kind of a red herring because everybody says Team X is only a game and a half or two games. Everyone's out of the play yeah. in or out of the six seed or in four, you know, like ahead of whatever. And it feels like it's close, but the problem is fine. Like two games is not a lot of games, but if there's three or four teams in between you that are also exactly. there, right. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. it a bigger, then it's, it's more than just the two games because you have to have progress from those other teams. To, to, as your, well. to your point, the Warriors are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. They are basically tied with the Warriors. They're both 500. Minnesota just played two more games. Um, that gives them a chance to hop over them. And then they play the Pelicans next week, gives them a chance there. But there's still a lot of teams you just have to go through. Like Dallas can be mediocre the rest of the way and still probably find a way to be like a game ahead of you. You know? Yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. No, they're, um, they're not. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> what were you saying? I was gonna I was just gonna make fun of Dallas's defense, but <laughs> oh yeah. Gonna... I mean they're not gonna hold their seating on gang stops, that's for sure. No, <laughs> no I was actually uh, speaking of the broadcast, I, I normally I, well not normally, I often don't watch the Warriors broadcast uh, when watching Warriors games for reasons that you understand. No comment. Yeah. Um but they did I I didn't know this. You talked about the, the Warriors fouling too much, but not only do they put their opponent on the line the most, they take the fewest free throws. So that is not a good combination. That's like, you know, in, in football, when they say the hidden yardage, right? You know, punts yeah. and punt red, all that, that. That's like the hidden yardage in basketball. If you're putting your opponent on the line uh, more than anybody and you are taking the fewest free throws, that's not a good combination. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising when you watch the Warriors play. Like, they are a very three-point centric team. Yes. They're not a force to the rim type of team, but it's still jarring, you know, for a team who's the defending champion, you wouldn't think they'd be the worst in the league at it. You know, if I, if I told you they're 26, you'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. 24th. That makes sense it, for something about being worst. It just feels wild. Um, they're, also, they're also really small and um, pretty unathletic. And those things get you in trouble. Um, defensively, which <laughs> causes yeah, you to they reach don't, and they don't, use hands. and yeah, They don't play with a ton of force. There's no yeah. way around that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Awesome asks, PBJ not playing, explain. I feel like this is a great transition topic to, look, the Warriors, they traded for GP2, and hopefully he's healthy before the end of the season, and I do think he has a chance to really make an impact for them because he he is he's one of those guys who's more impactful than necessarily his numbers will say if he's mm-hmm. physically right, right? Mm-hmm. But everything else aside is going to have to come from within. And a frustrating thing about this team all year has been they've been playing two-way guys over their young guys. Patrick Baldwin looked excellent tonight. Four for eight, three for five from three, 11. I mean, that dude can fucking shoot. I don't know how else to put yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and he's smart. And he he fits, like, I don't know. the up. I think he can be better than Otto Porter long-term because he's young. And when players are young, like, they could be anything, right? You know, sure, like that yeah. sort of thing, right? Um, but at minimum, he reminds me so much of Otto Porter. The way he, like, the shot is pure. He can shoot on the move, which not a lot of guys at 6'9", 6'10", can. You know what I mean? Um, like, he's, he reminds me of somebody else who I have, like, the biggest basketball crush on and who I think. Are you going to say MPJ? Yes. I did. Who I was gonna say. I did think. I don't. I no longer think that because back injuries are just a thing that you just destroy careers. But I thought that there. I thought he was gonna lead the league in scoring at some point. I and mean, he reminds I, me. Of I don't that, disagree that. with you on MPJ having that level of talent before. Um, you know, he ends up on the old man infirmary list like you and me. I, I was. I was talking to the other thing about him, and this is this is especially important as it relates to whether he should be playing or Anthony Lamb should be playing. In my opinion, Anthony Lamb should see zero seconds. And, and Patrick now, Baldwin now, Jr. Now should take just all of his the, minutes. Now you're just playing to the crowd. But anyway. Um, because, like, the excuse that Kerr makes, among others, is that it's more of a position of need, you know, the size. Well, first of all, Anthony Lamb doesn't rebound. And uh, he's Patrick Baldwin Jr. is also significantly bigger than he is. And I was watching uh, the Warriors and and Lakers last night with um, Austin Reeves' agents, who also are Jake Laravia's agent, the rookie from from Memphis. He worked out with Patrick Baldwin Jr. in in pre-draft stuff. And as Patrick Baldwin Jr. was a flamethrower when it didn't matter last night, they were talking about how Jake Laravia had kept saying that Patrick Baldwin Jr. is just enormous. And so, like, I'm I'm not, I'm not, he, like, he's a legit 6'10", 6'10 and a half. The and first, nobody can bother his shot. So I was at summer league with you, and yep. the first take I had when I watched him is like, "Oh, sh-. 
he is a big boy. He is a legit 6'10. Yeah. And and you know what it's like? Like, look, you've been around enough NBA guys and you've been in enough gyms. Everyone's six seven, six eight, right? Sure. And some of those guys are more like six five, like our friend Anthony Lamb. And some of those guys are six ten, like Patrick Baldwin. And that was the first thing that stood out to me. Is like, no, this dude is he's as tall as Looney. And when I watched when oh, I was working Looney, when I went to War Game earlier this year, I'm like, he might be a little taller than Looney. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that's the type of thing where it's just like, look, feel shooting skill set, and he's got the physical tools, which you can't teach. I understand he had a nightmare year in his leg. He had the the, the foot injury and the, the ankle and like that stuff's yep. scary. Um, and in many ways that probably helped the Warriors out because he would not have fallen as far as he did because of that. But like this dude has the rare combination of size, feel, and skill that Especially you do not... shooting skill. And that that's so important. The combination yeah. of the size and the shooting skill is so important because like look at KD, look at Michael Porter Jr., look at Dirk, right? I'm not he's not that level of player, obviously. Uh, he, now, he's not top but, 50 all time already. No, but like <laughs> the one thing about those guys is if you can shoot it, if you're that tall and you can shoot it lat purely, nobody can do anything about it because they just can't bother you. And like, it opens PG everything is another also. example. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Like, a legit 6'10 with a pure stroke, nobody can do anything about it. They, there's no way to affect that. So yeah, I mean, it's to answer the question from before. I don't know. I think it's been the wrong decision. I think he's closer to Kuminga as a prospect than he is to Moses Moody in the sense of, um, I know he was picked 28th, which in, by the way, 28th's been a good pick to the Warriors because uh, Jordan Poole is the 20th pick. Um, this is obviously just like luck, but anyway, um, my point is like I think Wait, who is the dude from uh, from Cincinnati that Draymond loved that was terrible? Uh, Jacob Evans. Yeah, he was twenty eighth, wasn't he? Sixteen game player. Uh, yeah. We didn't we didn't specify what league those sixteen games were in. Got it. Um, and and I think uh, Damian Jones might have actually been the twenty eighth pick. He might have also been the 29th. So anyway, the point is he's right around there too. Um, but I will say uh, I think. Patrick Baldwin has as high of upside as anyone outside of Jonathan Kuminga in well, this in this yeah. team. Well, and I, and like I felt it, this way even when they had Wiseman on the roster. Uh, not to talk about him because I, I, I want to get out of that. But like when I was watching, I was just like 6'10 with pure, like high volume 40% shooting. Like that's a thing, you know? So well, the other the other part of it that I think is and you mentioned it like the 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 Warriors probably don't have a chance to draft him unless his um yeah. unless his unless his his one season in college goes as poorly as it did because he was a top ten recruit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And Everybody, so those there's guys, qu- there's like, thoughts there's thoughts of him going first overall. And that is the one thing that drafting later. And if you if you win and you draft later, you get to take a chance on upside, right? The, the mm-hmm. You know, the Warriors made a mistake when they were dominating everybody. Like, we're going to take these safe picks. You know, we need somebody that can help a little bit right now. We need somebody cost-controlled and safe, you know, can play 10 minutes a night for us. Right. And those guys just, there was no upside there, and they weren't any good. Um, If you're going to take a swing and a miss, 
especially towards the end of the first round, do it on somebody with that kind of with that kind of pedigree. And like the there's a reason the guys that are top ten in their high school class, there's a reason for it. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not because their parents bought the ranking. No, at least at some point it can be process they were the best player of their age. Yeah, 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 and you can see why. And like again, I don't, I don't like in in my opinion, he should have been playing all of Anthony Lamb's minutes all year. Like yeah, just like two way guys. Look, the the Warriors have done well, and credit to to Kirk Lacob for, and whoever else for identifying guys that can come in and help Bob, a little bit Kent, as two way guys, like Dunley, all those guys. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's great that you're getting, you probably have the best or I don't know if they're the best two way guys, but you've gotten more production than you've anybody else production. out of your two way yeah. spots. But that like, it's a blessing and a curse, right? The, the fact that those guys can play. Yeah, it was a clip. It is a Clippers meltdown and it's great. Um, the fact that <laughs> the fact that you like those guys have helped is great. But the fact that you need those guys to help is an indictment. Can we talk Jonathan Kuminga real quick before we get to yep. voicemails? Yep. Um, I feel like he's being done in a disservice with what the Warriors are trying to do with him. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like they're trying to neuter him and make him kind of a guy who just kicks out to shooters. And plays within a role. And I get it conceptually. Uh, when Steph comes back, and you obviously have Clay Thompson, um, I don't need Kuminga, you know, in his bag when Steph is open in one corner and Clay's open in another, right? Like you want him understanding awareness to find, you know, your better players. But at the same time, he's the only guy on this team who can put pressure on the rim with consistency against against high level defenses. Like athletically he could put pressure against anyone. Yeah. Um and I wonder if the way that they're developing out is not only forget beneficial for him but beneficial for the team because that's the thing that really no, matters. It's not. It simply it simply is not. Um and the problem it, it illustrates the problem with the two timeline thing because yeah. uh teams have different life cycles um and coaching does too and there, a good example of this is is uh kenny atkinson on the warriors bench right he was the right guy for the job for that brooklyn team that was plucky and um was trying to get to somewhere before they could before they attracted kd and Kyrie, sure. right but once they got those guys that's a different life cycle for the team uh, for the organization and he was no longer seen as the right guy for that so the problem with the 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 two timeline thing is like if Kerr, if you think Kerr is well, the thing he's best at is the kumbaya stuff, getting the best out of his guys uh, of a good team, obviously the system in place with Steph, but he clearly isn't the right guy and isn't interested in developing guys. That's just not, it's not a strong suit of his. So if you have, if you don't have a or, coach. Or that, like, hey, let, let me, let me back this yeah. up. It's hard to develop guys. It takes a very special mindset to be able to develop guys while also competing at the same time. Like that's not an easy ask of a coach. No, no, most, it's most not. coaches will default to what Steve's doing. Uh, yes, but the, that gets you a little bit of the worst of both worlds, right? Because right. he's not going to play the young guys because 
they they have they don't have the the graduate level degree in Warriors basketball. Not everyone, um, Tony Lamb. So then they don't get any reps, right? And then they don't develop. Um, and then you're not getting the best out of them anyway. And then they're not going to be ready for whatever you hope they're ready for in the post-Steph time. Um, and Steve's not the right guy to develop them. And he'll tell you that. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play these guys. Um, mm. But this is why the Warriors always are at an athletic deficiency. Because those top-level guys, the big prospects... Yeah, they usually have some skill. Wiseman had some skill, but they are they are bigger, stronger, faster than the guys they're playing against. And those guys often are not ready to play Warriors basketball. So the guys that are athletes and the guys that are like can get by on talent and haven't learned the Warriors way yet, they just don't get to play and therefore you miss out on all the athleticism and the talent because they're not they're not yeah, PhD yeah, level Warriors guys. You're playing you're playing the 6-4 dude who, um, you know, the reason he's available is because he's not 6'6", right? Yeah, and is slow and can't, right? Sure, and sure. Which is, frankly, like a little bit of Moody, <laughs> right? And why sure. Kerr would play. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. But, like, he he's athletically at a disadvantage, which is why he was the 14th pick instead of the 6th pick. Sure. Uh, and he's a little small, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, but you don't get the development. And you don't get to well, I feel like the benefit a, of the guys yeah. that are super talented and athletic and can learn all the Warriors' way and put mm. those two things together. And so the Warriors just don't have. Can I ask guys. you? Can I ask you a question? Like yeah. gun to your head. Um, I don't know why I went with the. It's, it's an expression, but it's kind of extreme. <laughs> right, I said that, that's um, ominous. What do you think is a realistic upside for Jonathan Kaminga? Not. Best case, yeah. Not like what, like, like you know, if you could put him in the right situation, get him in the right coaches, and all that sort of stuff. What do you think he can be? I mean, you, this is a name you bring up a lot, but um, in relation to him, but I think he can be a multiple time All Star. You and I, you think it's the jumper <laughs> that he needs. I think it's the handle is more important. Um, but. Fair I think he could be a multiple time all-star. The good name you mentioned is always Jalen Brown. I don't think, I mean, that's pretty optimistic, but I think Kaminga has that level of talent. The question is like, at some point it becomes too embedded and too late for like, you were saying in the perfect situation, like if he went to the perfect situation now, it might be too late because of what has happened in the first, you know, whatever year and sure, a half of his I will, career I to will. get to that high level. I will feed myself Kool-Aid real quick. Okay. And just remind you, he is the same age Jalen Brown was as a rookie. So he's one year younger than mm -hmm. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was a 20-year-old rookie, turned 20 in October of his rookie year. Kuminga turned 19 in October of his rookie year. So, like, not willing to write it off just oh yet. no i'm like, still very very but, but to your point on, i but to, to your point i i get what you're saying so i'm still very very high on kaminga and i think that i think there is still a world in which he is a multiple time all-star um you and i were texting uh during the game and you were talking about uh his passing right and he's like figured out the warrior's yeah. way in passing um and i agree with that yeah i i agree with that I don't think he has the quick decision making yet. I think the, no, the passing but... itself is there, but the the quick decision making, when to move, when to pass it, 
when to put it on the ground, when to shoot it. Like that stuff isn't there yet, but the like raw talent, the raw passing talent is there. Yeah. I mean, he sees the floor. That's to me, that's the biggest thing. Like it's not, he's not lost out there. Now it's just about like refinement. And like, honestly, that's, that's the difference between him being just like another rotation wing and him being an exceptional wing. Right. So can you refine it to the point where he is a exceptional player? Like, you know, I, I've said Jalen Brown a bunch just because I feel like there's some similarities in terms of skill set and development trajectory, but like, we'll see, you know, like that, that is, it is a one of one situation. Like you can't, like if he doesn't become that, that doesn't mean he flopped in any capacity. That just means no, Jalen Brown I mean, I is think, like a, a high achiever. Is no, I, I think he's, I think like even the low end of the outcomes, he's still like a solid starter. I think that's probably the like floor. Um, yeah, like Jalen Brown had all the talent in the world, but had some of the same foibles, like in his one year at Cal. Yeah, that, the, the handle yeah. was terrible. Yeah, and, and it was like, and, and, and could Jalen's hand handle still is a little, eh. but you know, it's, like a lot of stuff is, where him <laughs> running people over, offensive fouls, like some of the same stuff, and and just like completely relying on the athleticism. Um, but I like, I, I think there is a world in which Kaminga is like, again, I think there's. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he's a multiple at time all-star. Um, let's get to voicemails. Timmy, what do we got? Hey, I love your perspective on why PBJ doesn't get more minutes. Feels like he doesn't miss from three. Um, I'm not sure why Anthony Lamb continues to get minutes. We have some promising young players. I'd love to see them develop uh, as opposed to us training them for uh, you know nothing in return. So uh, we'll love for you guys to chat specifically about PBJ. I think he's a very underrated talent and will be a core part of the squad going forward. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing your pod. Big Tony. Big Tony's just going to get the slander. Um, <laughs> not I mean, to be fair, he's bad at basketball. I um, I always have a hard time, like, criticizing two-way guys just because it's like bro they they yeah that's fair right it's, like it's, the fact that you to need me them is the problem yeah to me to me it's more about steve kerr like he's paid the big bucks he's the guy who can carry the brunt of it and i'm, I'm not gonna like yes on, that's i i think that's fair. Totally as, it, as it relates <laughs> to pbj i'm actually kind of surprised that he's been stapled to the bench as much as he has yeah. been, especially with what he showed and the reason for that is the Warriors are obviously trying to, let's say, minimize cost. Um, and for somebody that's cost controlled for quite some time um, at a low number because he was drafted later in the yeah, first that, round. Yeah, that's a part like, that never gets mentioned. You, by the want, way. you need the like, greatest you need value that production. On, the greatest value on earth is the end of the first round because it costs you, you nothing you forever. It. You want to develop him now because you're gonna you he's gonna be somebody you're going to want to be able to count on two years from now, three years from now, when he's making four million bucks. And you know, you need him as a like main rotation piece or even maybe a starter. So mm. the fact that you have uh you have delayed his development by a year or two because you haven't been willing to play him now and you're not winning games now, I think is a misstep. Um yeah, you know, he yeah. could be the replacement for somebody you'd like the auto porter. Okay, like somebody left, we like somebody left who was playing more because, uh, you know, like GP2, right? Like we would have sure. given you six, but you got nine. Okay, you got to go. He, this is why you need the development from the cost controlled guys. 
I agree. I agree. All right, let's let's move forward because we hit on PBJ before a little bit. Hey, y'all, it's Nate. Um, I think just tonight, I hope people just talk about Clay. I think people really need to remember how much we missed him for two years. And I feel like we've taken him for granted a lot recently. So I just hope that we didn't bury the lead tonight talking about the show and just really celebrate how amazing it is, what Clay is still able to do, and honestly how good he's been for like the last three months. Um, he deserves a lot of recognition it, for tonight. No, no, I agree with him. And that's why we opened the show on that one. I appreciate Nate calling in. And, like, honestly, we should talk a little more about Clay. Actually, I got something I want to play for everyone. Okay. So the Sydney Kings are in the playoffs in the Australian League, um, if you're into that sort of thing. Which is that, course, does, uh, who was the, was, is Justinian and Jessup play there? Or is he still? My guy Bogues is, uh, is part owner. What's up, fellas? It's Clay Thompson of the Dubs. I just want to tell. Y'all, the Sydney Kings, good luck going back-to-back. Back. I know the, how hard that is. Bogues knows how hard that is. Unfortunately, we fell a little short in 2016, but <laughs> I wanted to just tell y'all to finish the job. And big party coming when you do. Town's going to be going crazy. Sydney's going up. So just be yourselves, trust your teammates, and have fun, and go back-to-back, back, baby. <laughs> Clay's the best. I mean – I just, yeah, we've already talked about the basketball. Shout out Nate for for bringing up the question. But, like, I just want to revel in you don't always get to root for a personality that's that just um, just charismatic, I guess is the right. best way to put it. Like, yeah. um, And it's charismatic because you've seen him play in the highest pressure moments and respond to it. And just, like, I mean, it's it, – I'll pull up the meme right now, but it's like x-ray with dog in chest. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather at this point, like, I don't know, maybe they have three more years in them. Maybe it's over. Um, But I'd rather ride with it and just be like, you know, th- these dudes objectively created the greatest era of Warriors basketball. And I feel very confident in saying no one's ever going to match it. Um, I, I agree with that. It, Not in your, my lifetime is clay. Like clay might be the most like universally liked guy in the league. Yeah. Like yeah. even fans from uh, rival teams, everybody loves clay. Every, like everybody loves clay. It, there's such a, uh, earnest and like honesty to him. Like it, yep. it's just like, it, it, there's no bullshit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, Effortless it, magnetism. Yes. Yeah. You just, you just ride with it. And like, he does deserve to have kind of, that love behind him so i appreciate it i'm i'm in favor of just waxing poetic about clay uh because god knows they're gonna lose a game two days it's gonna make me mad (laughs) clay will be five for 22 it's okay it's okay he's made a lot of deposits i'll pull up some game six highlights and just be like it's okay guys just it's okay And Loki, he played the most minutes in the playoffs Dude, last year. I mean, that's like, a wild. That's the wild part. Like he's just just a dog, you know. Like it, yeah. he's gonna go out on the court no matter what, you know. And like maybe you should think deeper about having the guy with his entire lower body surgically repaired playing the most minutes. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> Good game. Disgusting how hard I was. How hard I was rooting. 
uh, against the Rockets team <laughs> that didn't have most of their best players, even though all their players suck. Um, it's fuck Houston forever. So fuck Houston forever. Warriors about to win the title from the eighth seed. Out of the plan. Get it. <laughs> I have nothing to add. First off, appreciate my guy Ty for that one. I gotta ask you a question. If there was a season, a team would make a title run from below the sixth seed. Is this the season? I mean, it certainly could be in the West. Um, I, I think the I think the Celtics and the Bucks are kind of laughing. The, the East field. is a little more traditional or yeah. traditional with the power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Look, as we've been talking about here, you know, a three-game losing streak for just about anybody in the West could put them in the play-in. So, yeah, I think there's a chance for a handful of teams to do the make nice. some noise. My sports broadcasting uh, cliche to make some noise in the playoffs from seven, eight, nine, ten, even. That's true. All right, let's get to the last one, Timmy. I'll say it once: Clay Thompson, he's the best. I'll say it again, just in case. Clay Thompson, he's the best. One more time, Clay Thompson, he is the best. I have nothing to add. I'm going to end it on that one. Aaron, I appreciate you, my man. Clay Thompson, say, can we get that sound drop? Is he the best? I'll say it once. Clay Thompson, <laughs> he's the best. I'll say it again, just in case. Clay Thompson, he's the best. One more time, Clay Thompson, he is the best. Appreciate everyone who listened tonight. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.